Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. Well, I think if we were honest, when we look at our lives as a whole, like as our whole lives, most of our prayers are very personal and very temporary, right? Is it just me? I'm going to preach to myself today. Is that how it's going to be? Okay, I'm preaching to myself today. All right. It, it, like if I were to line up all the prayers I've ever prayed in my life, uh, many of them, in parts of my life, most of them were not just personal, they were selfish. And they were not just temporary, they were trivial, if I'm being honest. And one of the reasons why we tend to, to lean towards the personal and the temporary in our prayers is because I think we often forget or we've never learned what prayer is really all about. And that's what I want to talk about today as we continue the sermon series we've been in called What I'm Praying For. Uh, if you don't know who I am, by the way, my name is Jeff Manis, and I am the selfishly praying lead pastor here. I hope that does not disappoint you too much. Uh, I am so thankful that all of you uh, are here today, including our online family. I love you guys uh, so much and, and cannot wait for, for so many of you to be back here in person that I know you're just not able or comfortable to do that. Yeah. I did want to update you on a couple of things. First of all, a prayer that I shared with you a, a few weeks ago, a specific prayer that I was praying for our church to see 120 new volunteers step up to serve God through their church using their time, their ability, and their availability. And uh, since February 7th, when I shared that prayer with you, we have seen 97 new volunteer signups, which is amazing, by the way. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Um, 39 of those new volunteers are in eKids, which is amazing. Uh, in fact, we're only a few volunteers short from being able to add eKids to our 1230 service, uh, which would be a huge benefit to our church and to those that we are trying to minister to. And for all of our volunteers, uh, whether you are a brand new one or an ongoing volunteer, thank you for what you do. It matters. It's one of our core values here that no matter how you serve in the church. It matters for you. And it does. Spiritually, it matters for you. And it matters for the church in so many ways that when you serve, you are actually partnering with God in the vision he has for us, that we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships and make a lasting impact. And when you serve, you are making a lasting impact. I just want to say thank you again uh, for what you guys do. Also, one of the things I'm praying for and excited to bring back is baptism and child dedication Sunday. Uh, starting Sunday, March 21st, we've not done baptism in over a year now, uh, we are going to make baptism and child dedication a monthly event uh, at our church, which I can't wait to do that. Uh, baptism is for, we're going to do it on the third Sunday of every month, by the way, is baptism and child dedication. Baptisms for anyone who is over 12 years old, who has put their faith in Jesus, but never gone public with their faith through baptism as the scripture commands us to do. It's a public declaration of our faith in Jesus and our submission to Jesus and his ways as they are expressed through his word. 
Child dedication then is for parents who have children up to 12 years old and they want to dedicate their children to the Lord and declare their commitment to raise their kids in the ways of Jesus. If you're interested in either one of those things, just go to our website, elementchurch.life, click on sign up so you can sign up for both of those things there or stop by the next steps wall out in the lobby and you can sign up there as well. Um, We're going to do it every single month, whether we got one or none or 50, we're going to do it every single month and celebrate what God is doing. uh, This is the last week to sign up for baptism or dedication for the March 21st date. And once you sign up, uh, one of our staff members will set up a time to meet with you just to learn more about you and make sure that you have all that you need uh, for that very special day. All right. This series we're in is built around some specific prayers that I'm currently praying for our church or for God's people and God's kingdom. But one of the very first prayers I ever remember truly praying in life, like I was really praying for, was for something I desperately wanted. I believed I needed it. I thought if I just had this one thing, I will never need anything else for the rest of my life. I knew just enough scripture to misuse it, so I was claiming scripture over my prayer. Uh, I probably told God I'd be a missionary to some jungle somewhere if he would just give me this one prayer. I, th- I'm, I think I told God I would never ask for anything ever again if he gave me this one thing that I was praying for that I knew would change my life. And what was this one thing? A go-kart. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Man, I still want a go-kart. God never answered that prayer. I desperately believed. Uh, I desperately believed I needed a go-kart. And I've grown a lot since I prayed that prayer last year. (laughs) Just kidding, by the way. I never got a go-kart. If you want to answer this young boy's prayer, that would be awesome. Uh, The reality is, though, even if I would have got a go-kart, it wouldn't have helped my understanding of prayer. Like it probably would have made it worse, (laughs) leading to more selfish and temporary, even trivial prayers because I, as a child, did not understand prayer. The sad part is, for a lot of us, even for a lot of Christians, our prayers don't ever really change. Like sure, we start praying for more important things, things that cost a lot more than go-karts, and really matter a lot more than that, but, but they are still prayers about getting more stuff from God, getting God to do more things for me, to do something physically or tangibly, something I, I can see or feel in life. And, and listen, I've said this every single week in the series, there is nothing wrong uh, for, for, for us praying for God to do things for us. There's nothing wrong praying for provision or protection or, or healing from God. I pray for those things all the time. God doesn't always give me those things. He has, but not always. And I, I know I know for some of you, within the sound of my voice, that's a part about God that really causes you to struggle to believe in him because he doesn't do or didn't do something that you prayed for that mattered a whole lot in your life. And I understand because I've been there before myself. In fact, I still find myself as a pastor wrestling with doubt When God doesn't do something that seems so easy 
and so right for him to do. So you're not alone in your struggle and you are welcome to wrestle with your faith in God here. But ultimately, prayer is not about getting more from God. It's actually about getting more of God himself. It's about being closer to God. Really, prayer is about connecting with God. And, and that's our big idea for today. It's on the screens if you want to write it down. Prayer is not about getting more from God. It's, it's about connecting more with God. Yes, there are times God does give us more or does give us what we ask for. But, but ultimately, if God gave us everything we ever needed, if God gave us everything we ever asked for, but we never connected with him, we never knew him, would it really matter if he gave us everything we wanted? Like if, if, if God gave me that go-kart, do you really think it would be the last thing I ever asked him for? If he provided miraculously for a specific need, is that the last need I would ever have? If, if God healed that sickness that I'm praying for, would it be the last sickness there is to pray for? And the answer is, the answer is no. We, we can and, and should do that. Like ask, ask for provision, ask for protection, ask for healing. We, we, we should, but prayer is ultimately not about giving, getting more from God. It's about connecting more with God. So here's the big question that, that I've been challenged by just to get my prayers up another level. I told our, our leadership council who was praying with me this morning that to get our prayers above the clouds, if you will, and have a more eternal mindset. What, what kind of prayers help keep me connected with God is the big question we have today. What kind of prayers help keep me connected with God? The three things we're gonna talk about today are not, again, like, like last week, they're not an exhaustive list. These aren't the only prayers that can help us keep connected with God. They're just literally three specific things we're gonna see in our main scripture, Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. Um, and so Ephesians is in the New Testament portion of the Bible. It's written by uh, a man whose name is the Apostle Paul. In Christianity, we call him the Apostle Paul, but he wasn't always an apostle. Uh, he started out actually violently opposed to Jesus and to Christianity, but Jesus saved him, changed him, and then made him a missionary, uh, really the most successful missionary th that Christianity's ever, ever known. And Ephesians is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, which is uh, an ancient city that is now uh, in modern day Turkey. If you don't own a Bible, we'll give you one for free, either at guest services, just ask for one here if you're in person, or download a free Bible app called YouVersion that's made by Life Church in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma is an amazing free Bible resource. Ephesians 1, starting in verse 15, Paul says this. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. Then he says this, I pray for you constantly. And I'm sure Paul prayed for their protection and their provision and their healing. I'm sure he prayed for temporary things like a go-kart or in that day, a brand new chariot, whatever it was. I'm sure he prayed for that, but the things he's about to list, I think were of utmost importance to him. They were above the clouds, if you will. They were about connecting with God. 
I pray for you constantly, he said, then verse 17, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Do you see how it's already talking about connecting there? So prayer is not about getting more from God. It's about connecting more with God. And what kind of prayers help keep me connected with God? And yes, each one of these things is something that God is giving us, but it's not just tangible, physical things I can touch and feel temporary. It's more eternal things. And each point, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but each point could be a whole sermon. <laughs> um, so we're just touching the surface here, okay? We're just touching the surface of these. But the first thing we see right from this scripture is this, prayers for spiritual wisdom. Prayers that help keep us connected are prayers for spiritual wisdom. The, the phrase spiritual wisdom that we saw in our main scripture is literally translated the spirit of wisdom. Paul said, I'm praying that you would have the spirit of wisdom. It's a connection to the mind of God through his Holy Spirit so that we grow in our knowledge of God. It keeps us connected to him and his will. And this wisdom is more than just information. It's more than just knowledge. Spiritual wisdom or the spirit of wisdom is far greater than any knowledge or understanding we might acquire on the earth. It's, it's wisdom and knowledge obtained through our connection with God and his wisdom. I mean, could anyone use God's wisdom these days? Like any parents need God's wisdom in raising your children? Hello? Uh, any, any teachers need God's wisdom in navigating the educational system during this pandemic? Any, anyone involved in politics, the medical field, law enforcement, first responders, military, social work, retail, students, unemployed? It doesn't matter where your place is in life. We could all, especially in this season we are in, use some of God's spiritual wisdom, right? And we can use some of that. And here's why spiritual wisdom, God's wisdom, is so important. First of all, Pastor Tony Evans, a pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Church in Texas, in his commentary on this passage, he said this, knowing God and being wise are tied together. Trying to be wise without knowing God is like flying a plane without having a control tower to help you navigate. We all need the help of someone who can see what we can't. Isn't that good? And ain't that the truth? Like, no one, no one was prepared for this season that we have found ourselves in. No one, except God. He was prepared. He saw it coming. And when we connect with God, we gain access to the spirit of wisdom who can see what we can't see. Past, present, and future. Second reason this spiritual wisdom is so important is because of what wisdom really is. 
Or maybe I should say who wisdom really is. Again, we hear wisdom and we think information, understanding, better decision making, and definitely God's wisdom helps in those areas. Uh, it's definitely a part of it. But spiritual wisdom is more than that. Did you know it was wisdom that God used to create the universe? Proverbs 3 verse 19. By wisdom, the Lord founded the earth. By understanding, he created the heavens. And then Proverbs chapter 8 really is a chapter that's written from the perspective of, of wisdom as a person. And, and Proverbs 8, verse 27 and 30, wisdom is speaking and says this, I, wisdom, was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I, wisdom, was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. Wow. Like wisdom, spiritual wisdom, the spirit of wisdom was there and was a part of God creating the universe and now God offers that same wisdom to us? Come on. Like James, the half-brother of Jesus, in his letter in the New Testament, James 1 verse 5, James says this, if you need wisdom... The same wisdom that created the universe. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he might give it to you. No, he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Man, I'm not sure our little human brains can fully grasp the power of the spirit of wisdom that is made available to us through our connection with God. That prayer is not about getting more from God. It's about connecting more with God. And what kind of prayers help keep me connected with God? It's prayers for spiritual wisdom, why? Because that leads to us having more knowledge of who God is. So yes, God might give us wisdom, but it's not a physical, tangible thing I can hold on to. It's something that matters more than just the temporary things in life. Number two, the second thing we can pray for that help keeps us connected is prayers for confident hope. Prayers for confident hope. Ephesians 1 verse 18, Paul just says, here's the next prayer. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I love that phrase, confident hope. I asked, could, our, you know, could we use some of God's wisdom uh, earlier? And I'll ask here, could our world use some hope right now? How about some confident hope? <laughs> That's even different. Like, I honestly, I have hope that our politicians and leaders will move us forward into a better future for our country, but just based on where we've been and where we are today, I don't have confident hope in that. I hope, but I'm not confident, right? I, I hope that Social Security will still exist when I retire, but I don't have confident hope. I hope that the stock market will continue to do well Right? Why? Because I got money in the stock market for my retirement, but I don't have confident hope. I have hope that Tom Brady will never win another Super Bowl ever again. But you know how that hope's gone for me. So I ain't confident, right? 
But, but here's the thing. When, when my heart is flooded with the light of Jesus, when I stay truly connected with God, now I have a confident hope. A confident hope is fixing our eyes, not on what we can see, but on what is unseen. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. He says this, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, that things aren't very hopeful on the outside, our spirits are being renewed every day through our connecting with God. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. They're temporary. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. They're eternal. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. Again, they're temporary. But the things we cannot see will last forever. They're eternal. And that is why, Paul says, we never give up. We have a confident hope. That, that not only do we as Christians need a confident hope today, but church, our world needs to see people with a confident hope. With something that stands out from the hope this world has to offer, which is only fleeting and temporary hope. The Christian hope has a firm foundation. It cannot be moved. It is secured through our home in heaven. Now understand, this doesn't mean that just because we have a confident hope that we won't hurt in this life. That's not hope. Hope does not take away our hurting. It just gives us the reason and the strength to endure it. That our hope produces in us a glory that vastly outweighs all the hurt in this life. A confident hope through prayer fixes our eyes on heaven. That prayer becomes the portal between heaven and earth. Isn't that awesome? It, it connects our hearts to heaven. Paul understood the importance of this. While I'm sure he prayed for God to take away hurtful things in his life and the life of these believers, more importantly, he prayed that these Christians would be flooded with the light of Christ and have a confident hope in the midst of their hurting, that their hearts would be connected to heaven. Not just a hope that we will never hurt again on earth, but a hope that there's something greater than the hurting. That's the confident hope we have, that there's something greater than the hurting in life. Prayer, it's not about getting more from God. It's connecting more with God. So what kind of prayers help keep me connected with God? Well, prayers for spiritual wisdom so I have the knowledge of God. Prayers for confident hope that, yes, God might take away the hurting, but even in the midst of it, my hope can remain secure. And this last thing Paul prays for is amazing. It's amazing. Starting in verse 19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Notice, this power is not for us who believe in him. 
It's for us who believe him. And there's a difference. I think there are lots of Christians who have put their faith in Jesus. They believe in him. Their sins have been forgiven. They are on their way to heaven, but they are living powerless lives because they believe in Jesus, but they don't believe him. That they actually have access to the same power, to Christ's power. And what kind of power is available to us? Lord, help us understand this power. What kind of power? Paul continues. This is, this power available to us, is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. That Jesus, God in the flesh, he put skin on and dwelt among us. He modeled a perfect life for us. He died the death that we deserved on the cross, but he didn't stay dead because three days later, by the power of God, he rose from the dead and the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to me? And that power then seeded him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Notice, Jesus is not standing or pacing, he's seated. Why? Because he's not thrown off by anything that happens in life. He has power over it. So the third prayer that I think helps keep us connected with God is this last one Paul prayed for here, prayers for resurrection power. Prayers for resurrection power. Paul tells us that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us. Not, not so we have power or control over anyone or anything, but so we have the power to overcome anyone or anything that comes against us in this life. It is not a selfish power we've been given. It's a saving, sanctifying, strengthening power to endure anything this world can bring our way. So, so that sin you can't overcome? As a Christian... The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That hurt that you're not sure you can forgive, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That pain you're not sure you can endure, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That problem you're not sure you can solve, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That addiction you you can't break, that marriage on the rocks, the decision you know you need to make, the risk you know God's asking you to take, the sacrifice you know God wants you to make, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Say it, believe it, live it because it's true. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And Paul describes, I'm out of breath. Man, you know, you know you're preaching when you can't breathe. Got to work out more. 
same power can make me work out. Paul describes the greatness of this power in the last verses of our main scripture, in Ephesians 1, 21 through 23, saying about Jesus, now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. His power is absolute, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body, that's us. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Isn't that awesome? So here's the prayer I'm challenging us to pray this week. It's on the screens if you wanna take a picture of it or copy and paste it from version. It'll be on my website tomorrow, all of our social medias as well. Um, I would encourage you to make a reminder. I'm still praying at 9.31 a.m. every day. Uh, you don't have to do that, but once a day, I'm challenging our church to pray this prayer. I'm just adding. So now starting tomorrow, I'll have four prayers, the fourth prayer from our series. We're going to have a total of seven by the time we're done. I stole some language from our scripture because I just thought it was too good not to use. I love praying scripture, by the way. I think it's one of the easiest way to pray. It's already God's word. Just pray it. <laughs> oh God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, through your Holy Spirit, we are asking you for spiritual wisdom. Connect our minds with yours so that we might truly know you. Flood our hearts with your light, filling us up with a confident hope that is seated in heaven. And we declare that the same mighty power which raised Christ from the dead is living in and through us to accomplish far more than we can ask or think. Will you pray that prayer with me? I hope you will. Today is the Sunday where we normally have communion and we're having communion today. Uh, if you're watching online and you want to run and grab some bread or some kind of food, uh, juice or some kind of drink, it uh, doesn't matter what it is. I believe all food represents the body of Christ. All drink represents the blood of Christ. You can do that right now. If you're with us today and you're wondering, can I take communion? Um, you don't have to be a member of Element to receive communion. But I do believe scripturally that communion is reserved for people who are truly seeking after Jesus. So you and the Lord got to determine if that's you or not. Um, communion, Jesus started it. It was actually on the night that he was arrested and then eventually crucified for our sins. Jesus took some bread and he, and he, and he said, whenever you eat this bread, do it to remember me, my body given for you. And, and here's uh, the drink. He said, whenever you drink, remember me, my blood poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Then later on in the New Testament, the apostle Paul, who we just read from in Ephesians, Paul says that every time we take communion, the Lord's supper, we are announcing the Lord's death until he returns. So really, even in communion, I think we're reminded of a lot of what we talked about today. 
that when we take the, we have these cups, if you're here in person, you take the top part off and there's the bread, take the, bottom, the next layer off and then there's the juice. But whenever we receive the body and blood of Jesus, we, we are remembering that our, our hope is rooted in the sacrifice of Jesus. That he secured our home in heaven. That, that I might go through hurting things, but he hurt the most so that one day I wouldn't have to. And because of what Paul said, we are reminded in communion, we are announcing the Lord's death until he returns, meaning he ain't dead. He died, but he's coming back. And the same resurrection power that raised him from the dead is available to me. So even in communion, I'm reminded there's a confident hope and resurrection power. So if you're gonna take communion today and you're here in the room, uh, if you're not going to take it, you are free. You can just, if you don't want to, please don't take it till you're ready. When I'm done praying here in a moment, you can just kind of, you can just leave quietly. If you've got to get your kids, get your kids. And literally no judgment. We won't think twice about it. But if you're going to take communion, just stay in your seat just for a few seconds. Let anybody clear out that needs to. And then send one person up for each party. On the corners of the stage here, we have our communion elements. If you have four people in your party, send one person up, get four communion elements. If you got a really, really big group or you don't want to be like this with all your communion, um, you can send two people. It's not like a hard and fast rule, but um, try to send one person up. And then you can remain in your seats as long as you want to. We'll play some soft music like this. Um, and you can stay there as long as you want to just to commune, communion, to commune with your Lord and Savior Jesus who gave his body, shed his blood for you. If you've never put your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, there's not a better time than communion to do that. The body of Jesus given for you, the blood of Jesus shed for you, that he is the only way for you to be saved, to be forgiven, to have a confident hope secured in heaven. And you can just say a prayer even during communion, a prayer of, of faith in Jesus, that Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God, died in my place, rose again. And so I put my faith in you. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean by the blood that you shed. I repent, which just means to turn. I turn from my old selfish, sinful way of living. And by your power, I'm gonna follow you. I receive from you salvation. Please live in my heart. Give me spiritual wisdom so I know what to do. Give me confident hope no matter how much I hurt. And give me resurrection power to live my life for you. Thanks for loving me. I'm going to love you back. You can pray that prayer of faith. You don't have to even use those exact words. The Lord hears your heart. You tell God that you want him to save you and forgive you and live in you and empower you. He'll do it. And if you do that, if you do that, um, I think there's something important for us to do, which is to tell someone else about it. And we would love to be the first ones to know as your church. And the easiest way to let us know is by texting the word E-LIFE to that number on your screen, 94000. If you put your faith in Jesus, whether you're here in person or watching online, text E-LIFE to 94000. We're gonna welcome you, celebrate with you, and then just give you a free resource that gets you taking your next steps in Jesus. If you put your faith in him today, it's the start of your journey, not the end. We want you to make it to the end intact with your faith. And so we wrote a devotional to help you get on that journey. If you need prayer for something and you're here in person, you can stop by the purple tent all the way in the back and 
I shall be able to pray for you back there, member of our prayer team. Or if you're watching online, we have online prayer team as well, standing by to pray for whatever need you have. Just click the prayer button and we'll pray for you. I wanna pray for us and then we will open it up for communion. I love you guys. Uh, I hope this message was encouraging and uh, confirming and if it needed to be convicting, then I pray the Holy Spirit did that as well. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice the body and blood of Jesus given for us. And Jesus, because of you, we have access to spiritual wisdom. We have been given a confident hope that's rooted in heaven. And we have resurrection power to endure and overcome anything this horrible world has to offer. Thank you for all that you've given us. Lord, help our prayers stay connected to you. We love you, God. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Communion's open. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.